Welcome to Beers, Business, and Balls, presented by House Enterprise and brought to you by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com slash house, and you can get 20% off your order and free shipping. That's manscaped.com slash house. I'm Jake, and that's Will, and uh, we're a couple weeks late, even though we acknowledged it on the pod a couple of weeks ago. Two years in the books, and we know no better way to celebrate than with the two that have been a foundation of the show for quite some time. Dave Silverman, our first ever podcast guest, joins us. Um, New England Patriots photographer um, is behind the lens on plenty of different schools around uh, the New England area. And then we've got John Fanta, um, Fox Sports, Big East, just about dipping his toes in everything. These are the two OGs, and uh, you guys will see it, Will, but we're giving out some hardware this episode. Got some hardware. Hall of Fame guest. I mean, Dave Silverman, our first guest that we convinced to come on the show during the pandemic. Now, a three-time recurring guest, always great catching up with him. And then John Fanta, I mean, he's been a day one as well in, in the House Enterprise World, College Hoops Digest. Uh, he's not too big time for us, which is great. But we, two very special guests in the House Enterprise Beers, Business and Balls podcast. And no way, no better way to celebrate than to provide them with the hardware and kick off two years chatting it up with them. And it's always great. It's always great just chatting up. There's no agenda. There's no set questions that need to be. It's just whatever is on mind and go over the past year. So I like this tradition that we have. Yeah. Yeah. They are awesome. Fanta has the record for most beers drank in an episode. Uh, Silverman has like the widest breadth of experiences, I'd say. Like doing a lot of photos underwater and then, you know, the next day going out and winning a Super Bowl ring. I mean, that's literally incredible um two ogs so let's go to dave silverman first uh he's taken some of our favorite photos we've got a yankee photo that he took uh way back and now um he's two years later from the one of the first weeks in april 2020 in the middle of the pandemic where he says we're taking it day by day to back in the swing of things uh, dave talks to us uh, about his return to real life getting on his feet um and, you know, going from zero to 100 in the photography industry. So let's dive right into it. This is our second anniversary episode. And here is Dave Silverman. The two-year anniversary episode. It's a recurring thing. We got our first guest. The confetti, you know, the chapping and the clouds. You know, Dave <laughs> Silverman joins the show yet again. Number three up, episode. Guys? Um, Congratulations. Happy uh, New Year. New celebrate. New uh, celebration. Happy New Year. Yes. Yes. So... Yeah. The, We'll, we'll just start it off the bat, and we'll have to get your address afterwards, but you are now officially a Hall of Fame guest. Number okay, three, nice. three episodes, so House Enterprise and Beers, Business, and Balls presents David Silverman, <laughs> hey. Hey, nice. Hall of Fame oh, guest. So instead of, you know, the Super Bowl t-shirts and press passes in the back, we got a House Enterprise one. Well, but, nice, that's sweet. Thanks, guys. So appreciate we appreciate it. you always coming on, and uh, how's everything going in 2022 for you? Hey, you know, life's back to normal, you know, a little COVID here and there, but no one's dying. Well, I shouldn't say that, but, you know, you get sick and you go home, right? Zim will tell you about that. That's it. Yeah, I'll tell you all about that. Will was, I will say, I think you got hit harder than I did. I got hit. I oh, got did hit. you really? How long ago was that? It was New Year's. It was New oh, Year's. Wow. Yeah, I wasn't, 
I, we had Christmas, everyone tested before and after nothing, nothing. And then I got back to Providence. I was like, Oh, I'm feeling tired, run down. And then boom, that was hey, turn 60. You feel that every day. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. I mean, luckily no taste and smell loss, but I was definitely like, okay, I could, uh, I could use the recharge, I guess, heading into the new year. But isn't that taste and smell like, is that bad that that's the only thing I was afraid of? I'm like, holy shit, I am totally screwed if I lose my taste and smell. Like everything else could go. I could have a headache. I could be fatigued. Like if I lose my taste and smell. Your hair could fall out, you know? I still got, <laughs> you guys still got still all nice of it hair there, now. you know? Otherwise, we're going to end up, you know, a couple years down the road, a lot of that. We might end up looking like you. Nope, nothing wrong with that. You get yourself a nice hat. <laughs> that's it. The hat continues. That, you know, take the glare off the TV here. So you what's know, new? No, in the world good. Everything got back to normal last year, which was nice. Actually, you know, it, was, it, it got crazy like in August when the school started back in and everything. And, you know, by December, I'm sitting on the couch. I look at my wife. I go, I'm tired, you know, because just everything came at 100 percent and you're only used to going 20 percent. And just I'm just trying to figure out how I did it all before. You know, I guess you get in the routine, it's yada, yada, yada. And then all of a sudden you're not doing anything. And then all of a sudden it's back. And it's like, how did I do all that work? You know, which is great. Got it done. Everyone was happy. And, uh, you know, a lot of changes, but, uh, you know, happy to be back and happy, you know, everything's kind of normal. It's amazing to see the progression of like when we first had a podcast episode, you know, we said, how you doing, Dave? What's going on? You were the first person we ever asked that to. And you said day by day. And now it's like, if you, it's so weird because you've come full circle on that mentality now, because it's just like, all right, let me get through another day of nothing to, all right, let me get through another day of now three gigs, which is right. the old, it's the way it's the ways of old, if you will. So you had it basically ripped away from you. That's what um, I like. Yeah. And no, it wasn't, didn't just feel like it. You did have it ripped away from you for a bit. And now you're basically back doing it full time. So you mentioned some of the sort of hurdles you had to cross. I mean, what was the adjustment going from like, you know, zero to a hundred so quickly? I think it was just that I was just getting into the routine of going from here to there. And, you know, I had other things where, you know, Patriots were back in. So I had to be careful of what I did at the beginning. We were actually Patriots were away for two different weeks uh, practicing. So moving when the school started coming back they said we need this stuff now and it's like well we got to push it off and i think that just condensed everything and made it even worse and it just just kept going and going and which was great so um it, it was tiring but you know i think i'm back in the groove now and you know brian's got me up there a lot now so um schools i'm on the downside now so now as things are winding down i got one little thing here and there and then graduation in may and you know then i'm off of the summer Hey, you were at Bryant today for the Big South press conference for football. Um, yep. Over, under, so they've got, um, oh, geez, they've got four home games. Um, I think 11 total, over, under six wins for Bryant football in the Big South this year. I couldn't tell you that. Come on, just know, off have the a, dome. They have a good team. I'll, I'll say, I'll say they'll do six. It's a, it's a push. It'll be, hard. It'll be hard, but I, I, I think they got a good team. I think the coach is good you kind of feel it when you're there, when the guy, I mean, there were guys there today and you can feel they want to be part of it and everything. And I think everyone's more excited about being in the South, going South for, for November and December, you know, when they go. So and I can got- relate with that. Cause when we playing, uh, we play Miami last game of the season, that's always nice. <laughs> so we got big South for football. And then of course, you know, for the majority of the sports headlining with basketball, America East, I mean, that's going to be quite the move. Uh, obviously, 
the basketball team is starting to build some pieces in the transfer portal and we got the fancy new arena coming for you know in the near future but that's two years that's two years how how do you see that jump going well i think they got a good team going i don't know anything about you know the other conferences and all that stuff but you know you just see them bringing in guys i know they lost like everybody but it just seeing the big guys that are coming is going to be yeah everyone i think everyone's excited there yeah from your perspective kept the coach there yeah from your perspective I mean, you were in the building for at least a few times at Bryant this year for basketball. I did not start the fight. We were next to each other. I'm his alibi. I am his alibi. That was, yes. I have you in the crowd. <laughs> and neither did Will. Neither did Will. So I, I do have ESPN2 as my alibi. Uh, they zoomed in on me being a good boy, right. not throwing any beer cans. Um, well, your but, back was to them, right? Were you there? It you was. There? So my, I was okay. sort of adjacent to it. I heard some stuff going on and my instant protection was like, oh my God, do I need to get Bill Pike? Who's like, you know, uh, mid to low to mid eighties out of there. The you mic know? comes off the table. You go underneath. That's your best. That's your best move. Damn right. And meanwhile, people throwing haymakers are like, this PA announcer's telling me to stop. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Um, it right. was a that's, shame. It was too that's bad. neither here nor there, but you know, it's definitely a shame what happened. You were in the building championship night, but the electricity in the building. I mean, you've been doing Bryant for as from a photography perspective for a long time. Yeah. That was just different. What was it like from, from your lens? That was great. I mean, it just, just, you could just feel the energy, you know, it was a game, you know, they were going to win anyway. And coming off the bat, what, what were they up? 14 zip right at the beginning. And, you know, and oh. Wag, well, the Wagner didn't have a chance. Now, was that your first, now it wasn't a, March full March Madness experience, but was that your first time in like the March Madness capacity heading to the playing game? Um, I'll say the second time I did yell down uh, when they were throwing the Ivo title down at their place, and then I went to them because they actually played in Providence uh, to go to the NCA, so I was with them. Um, so it was my second net cutting. How's that? I got yeah. lucky, I got a nice spot, went up the ladder and shot the guys, you know, you know, looking up at me through the net and everything. It was kind of neat. It was kind of fun. It was first time doing there. Probably shouldn't have been up there, but it was an opportunity and I took it. You took it. I mean, there was a guy underneath you that was pissed off. And I was like, that's Dave Silverman. You let him shoot that shot. He's going to get a guy from the NEC, right? He he sent me a nasty, he sent me a nasty letter saying you shouldn't have met up. First he says, "Um, I don't think it was nice. You didn't share the opportunity to go to the ladder, but you should never have been up there. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You're mad because you didn't get up there. That's why you're sending me this. And it was a nasty letter. So I sent it on. How do you like, and I understand there's like a conflict there because, you know, the guy's hired by the league, but I mean, you can't get pissed at the guy that's hired by the school for doing that. That's, that's I, you know, I, I get it. If I'm with the, you know, no, if I'm with the, I let the school guy be the school guy. I mean, and I look down to him, I says, Hey, it's my team. I'm staying. And that's it. And that's what you do. You get, you get a, you know, I'm not a jerk. I try not to be a jerk, but Hey, I was up there, you know? So I was jerking. I was, no, I was there. I was there for Bryant. He was and trying to climb said, up. If someone had said to me, you shouldn't be up there, I, I got enough. But it was a nice, sturdy ladder. And I no made one sure did. it was good. I saw the uh, the uh, Nesson guy, the ESPN guy was up there for a while, and he got down. I'm saying, all right, I'm going up there. That's a good shot. And they were great shots. They really were. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with them. I'm pretty excited about them. I don't think I'll, I'll ever get that again, but hey, it was a good opportunity. Brian's got some good uh, history there, and uh, you know, we'll go from there. They should just have multiple ladders. Yeah, problem solved. Bring in Dude, they got three or four ladders. You you know how it is. They they there's so much to think about. Yeah. My mic there is still from like 1990, so I don't think they're bringing a ladder in. 
They got a new place coming. Two years, you're going to have a new mic, okay? I don't count on it. Actually, you might be doing it remote. <laughs> True. That's, that's but, so this season, I mean, or this, you know, from fall to now, you had obviously the various colleges and the Patriots. Any moments in particular that stuck out to you that you're like, this was, you know, a cool experience or just like you got your best shot of the year, would you say? I'm going to say that Bryant game. I yeah. mean, that was it. I mean, you know, the Patriots were Patriots. They, were, they had they were, had their ups and downs, and we haven't seen that in a long time, and I think if we hang in there, we'll be fine. Um, the Revs got very close, as I call it. You know, we said last year when I was on the show, I said, watch the Revs. are going to be really good. Uh, they got to, what, within two games and just, you know, couldn't pull it out. They um, lost to the had champion, a lot of good vibes. What's that? The, I said they lost to the champion. Yep, that's it, and that's what you're going to do. You know, who knew? Who knew? New York. Um, Right now they're struggling, but I think once they get it together, they're going to be a good team. I mean, you could see it when they're passing and just guys are there. And, you know, when the ball's passed, they're there. Right now they're not at that part, but they're going to get that back. Right. And it's the revs are tough because it's like, you know, you, you go out. I understand they just lost to the worst team in the MLS in Inter Miami, but like, you know, it doesn't matter this earlier in the year. You just get the kinks out. You know, you're trying to figure out what works. They've, they'll figure it out. They're exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about them. They got a good, the coach is good. I think the players, they're gelling, you know, and they're, they just cool cats. You know, they just do go and do their stuff. And you, when you get that, you know, eventually you're going to put it together. They and, are, and they're, they're, you know. Yeah, they're a good bunch of cool cats. I mean, speak of cool cats too. You did, I'm looking at the Patriots schedule and just reminiscing back on the year. You, you did see some really cool stuff. I mean, Tom Brady came back to Gillette Stadium as a member that, of the that team was, that should not be named. Um, yeah, that was that was definitely a Super Bowl atmosphere. Yeah. That's well, tell us about that get. too. I mean, you know, you know, they they come out, they do a quick little thing for Tom Brady, and then it's as they should. Right, but it's game time after everybody's booing him as he walks out. Like, um, tell us about that. I don't that. believe they boot. I don't believe they booed him. Well, not as he walked out, remember. but remember when he was. It was the, the Twitter reviews had all sort of said, like, it wasn't when he walked out of the tunnel, but after the video tributes and stuff, like when he was taking a field for drives, like they weren't really, maybe not booing him, but they definitely weren't cheering him at that point. No, but that was a good game. We, we, we joined it. We had that opportunity, but you know, that's going to happen. And you know, I don't, I, we should have beaten. And then yeah, we, we should have beaten Dallas. Yeah, Dallas was one, year, but that was we were... a turning point in the season, Dave, because they kind of, their ass lit up a little bit after that. And then another interesting point, too, was you saw one of the most rare football marvels of all time on a Monday night football, Pats go up to Del uh, Buffalo, and it, it's whipping wind, it's ice cold, and they, what, pass the ball three times? Mac Jones is two for three. Three times. Yeah, if it wasn't Incredible for stuff. Uh... If it wasn't for that run running, that's it. That game was over. It was nothing. Nothing. So what's the about. hand warmer like strategy that how do you even keep warm when it's zero degrees? Actually, that, ga that game wasn't too bad. The playoff game. That was terrible. Yeah. You I guess know, it was, was more that first one was the wind and the rain and crap. Yeah, and that was not that was that's nothing. <laughs> you know, that was nothing. Uh, the last game was pretty cold towards the end of the game. Like the third, that's what it was at halftime. I really didn't have a feeling we were going to come back and I'm like, this is going to be a long, cold game. And by, by the third quarter, I was freezing and I was ready to go in. But, you know, you got to stay out there because, you, you know, if you had time, you never know. But we didn't. But, uh, you know, but he's going to pick it up. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. <laughs> and what's, we'll always be all right. What stadium would you say was the 
was there any new stadiums that you've never been to this season or you they all uh, no, I think I've been to all of them. We went to um, LA again, which is a really nice day. If you guys get a chance, definitely go and see it. Loud as heck, though. Not not crowd wise, but sound wise. I don't know what they're doing. They just have that way too loud, annoying. Um, next year, I believe we go to Vegas, so that'll that'll be my first new stadium in a long time. So schedule comes out May twelfth, I believe they said today. So we'll say we have a chance. Maybe um, I know. Um, Actually, Vegas is playing in Mexico, and Green Bay is playing in England. So maybe we'll get one of those. Maybe, who knows? You think if Green Bay plays in England, like I don't, something about that says that that's going to have to be either Lambo or Gillette. You know? I would think so too. I think they want that home. I I see that one. I see that one, and I see and I see seeing Josh again. I think both of those you're, you're looking at Sunday or Monday night, maybe a Thursday. Definitely a night game on that one. And then same Green Bay. That's that's just a big draw. I can see them doing like, I couldn't see even see them bringing Tampa out to, to England for that. I mean, you find a, a lower team or something like that. Hate to say that. Say, yeah, it's like I, I was surprised that the Packers are going to head to London because it's usually you know those lower tier teams that get like the seven a.m. slot on Sunday. Um, well, I remember a few years ago it was Tampa that went out there. Yeah, I don't even think Ron was with them when they went. So yeah, Tom Brady lists Tampa. Right. If he went now, they, the fans would go nuts. Mexico, and then they're doing Mexico. I also read somewhere that they're starting to expand to Australia. I don't know how Not that. Yeah, uh, Germany. Germany, Germany. Oh, Germany. Yeah. yeah. So I thought we'd be doing that. And I think that was that given to Tampa or that was given to another team. So look into that. I thought we'd go first. We have a big following because of uh, we had at the time we had Jakob Johnson and we had. Um, you know Sebastian Bulmer and Sebastian calls games. I don't know if you guys know that for Germany. Oh, so they play our games out there and he calls it. Wow. So we have uh, a pretty good following there. Buccaneers are going to go. I just looked it up. It'll be in Munich this year. Okay, there you go. Have you ever well, done be European games? Or... What's that? Have you ever done any European games? I've been to Mexico two or three times, and I've been to England twice. I've always wanted to do the Tokyo Bowl. They used to do that uh, in the early, uh, late 80s, early 90s, but and then they cut it out for some reason. I don't know why, but maybe maybe the fans weren't there. And we did uh, actually a preseason game. When I first started, it was in Toronto. And we played uh, in Toronto. We, it was actually Bill Belichick versus uh, Bill Parcells. Hmm. Belichick was still with uh, Cleveland. That's how old I am. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who won that game? That was a preseason game. I don't know. It was a preseason game. Who cares? It's Bill <laughs> Belichick and Bill Parcells, though. Well, that yeah, was a thing back then. Was was thing back then. Yeah. What's that? I said that was before Bill was Bill. That's exactly right, because yeah. he was at Cleveland, and he could have done well. I, actually, and later that year, I believe, we played Cleveland in the old Cleveland baseball stadium. Mm. That was kind of cool, because you came out of the um, – um, you came out of the dugout, and that's how you got to the field. So it was just like being in a baseball field, but your football guy it was kind of nice that was cool we lost that one that one was bill versus bill and no we lost <laughs> that was our first um, playoff game i believe but uh, 90 that would have been 94 5 6 somewhere around there so those are old state the old stadiums are pretty cool but they really suck is there any stadiums you haven't been yet besides allegiant that's it that's it that's wow. it. Everything else I've been to. That's the you know. one thing you have to check off right now. That's nuts. That's a new stadium. Yeah. 
And our same look totally different in two years. I don't know if you guys have seen the renderings or not. Yeah, but yeah. Gillette's going to look new. And actually, if you go there now, the uh, tower and the big screen is gone. So it's like you just see outside the stadium. It's really weird. That's so weird. I don't know if I'd like that. Like going into to Gillette without the lighthouse up, that's just not – I don't the know. New one, it's not the new one you're going to be able to do to go up top of that one. Yeah, you can climb it. That's yes. pretty sick. Well, you can't climb it. Don't give one. Well, not you know, scale the outside. Climbing the side of the tower, although they could probably make a ton of money if they did that. But well. you can responsibly climb the stairs inside the lighthouse. Hey, you know what? You're on the It's something. an elevator. You're going to get paid for it. Come on. No. Here's a quick elevator pitch for whatever charity is out there. You can there you go. Like scale the the lighthouse at Gillette stadium, like, you know, they run wires. I don't know about climbing. Like they run the ropes outside and you can scale it for charity. Like you pay a hundred bucks. It all goes to charity, something like that. I you know seen... they do that. You know, they do that in Boston. You climb down a, a building. That's why I'm thinking okay. of that. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Don't they, they do that like everywhere though. Do it on the lighthouse. They had it in Providence over the summer. Did they was really? that the Superman building? No, it wasn't the Superman building. It was... Oh, it was that building right near, uh, right near the Regency. Yes, that. Remember one. we said this? Yeah. yeah which yeah, is yeah. which is that one? I don't Regency. know. They're one of that? the skyscrapers down there. They're not skyscrapers. We only have three. Come on. <laughs> That's true. That's That's what I was but I looked it up. I think the McDonald's uh, arches are actually taller than most of our buildings. Most, yeah, exactly. I looked it up, and it was like five hundred bucks to do it, and I'm like, eh, like if it was a Superman building and you get the cool photo, maybe, but like. A random building next to the Regency. It's like I'm just climbing a building. Yeah, is that I mean, worth 500 bucks at Gillette? Is the question. There are people that would do. That. Oh, people will do it just because it's Gillette, and that's not you that make, high. Well, this yeah. new one will be so much higher. But you make it's an experience nice. out of it. You know, maybe you sell like a thousand dollar package. You get a meet and greet with Mac Jones at the top or something. Oh, not. Why Jesus. don't they hire me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what? You're recording. I better not say anything. <laughs> hey, if you want to do it for free, you're okay. You're a guy. Sign up. How much would it take for you to scale a building? Um, I actually offered to stand on the side and take pictures as people come down halfway and then shoot the city in the background. And no one took me up on it because they didn't there want me go. sitting out there all day. They only have two wires going down. This was a guy in Boston and they didn't want to. So I'll stick my head out the window and do it while you guys yeah. doing it. <laughs> So now that all the sports are done, you know, until the Pats pick up, I mean, you still have the revs and everything, but yep. so you mentioned that the summer is obviously much quiet, quieter. Right. What, what's in the books for you? Nothing this year. I got nothing. I'm just chilling. Uh, last year, we talked about tornado chasing. I actually went uh, to chase the tornado and never got anything. Damn. Um, although the day we got there, two hours in, and there was a, you know, just the clouds are just turning and turning right up above us. And I was just like, all right, come on, baby, let's go. And it just never happened. And then two miles away, it happened. No. But it was like right above. I got video and it's just turning around. You see it. And the guy I'm with is like hooting and hollering. He says, I've never seen this before. And he goes every day. And he's, I've never seen it. And it's just developing right in front. It's going around and around. And the cows are sitting in the, you know, the lawn there and nothing. But it, it was kind of cool um... just seeing that part. Any plans to surf or dive or anything like that too? No, nah, I got, I just got a, you know, new water, underwater camera stuff. So not yet. Um, schedule comes out. I can see what it is and maybe do another shark dive, but someday that's it. But the shark diving is always 
football season, the best times August to um, like the end of October, and you know, always depends on the schedule. Um, went in the water with the Bryant and the Brown uh, swimmers and did some underwater photos like that. But right now, I'm just taking it easy. You deserve it. Take it huh? easy. I'm, I'm going to try. If something yeah. comes up, I'm going to go. That's all. Now, is there any like bucket list trips that you have in mind for photography? I mean, obviously personal, but you're always bringing the camera along. So any... I'll never go without the camera. Exactly. So the wife, anything... the wife knows that. <laughs> she's a lucky, she's a lucky woman. You have a personal photographer, not only a professional. So, well, you know what? We have no pictures of us. <laughs> you go through our books and, you know, I maybe take a couple of pictures of my son through the years. And I think maybe we got maybe two or three photo albums out of it and i just never did anything at home it's just it's just not us we're not selfie people or whatever and just i think if we have two or three of us up together that's about it we have more of when we were younger than we are older hey well you're a hard man to track down for a picture too like there aren't there's not you're not a well-documented face (laughs) lucky you people (laughs) People just know the hat, really. They're like, oh, well, you know, what's that. funny is I actually get a lot of pictures sent to me. So I have a folder yeah. that's pictures of me. Well, because it's so easy to spot you, though. It's like, you know, you see your, on like the sideline on NBC. You're like, oh, shit, that's obviously Silverman. Like he's wearing yeah. that hat. My niece used to play uh, when, we, when Twitter first started. She used to play a, a game on Twitter. It says uh, drink with Uncle Dave. So every time every time she saw me on TV, it's like, oh, there's Uncle Dave. Everyone drink. And she started, you know, adding Patriots, adding David. And I says, you know what, you can't add Patriots because I don't want you to think I'm involved. So there's an idea for your for your podcast. You know, it'd be like, wow, look at this, <laughs> look at this photographer. He's got his whole family drinking every time they see him. Yeah. <laughs> well, they can do that on their own already. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, uh, I get seen a lot. I get sent to me. You know, someone will be at home seeing it. I have a little. Uh, thing on my computer that has pictures of me that people send me so thank you if you are sending and they're good pictures they're no compromising ones or anything like that this is a plea to the public too if you were listening to this you're not a hard man to to recognize for sure big old hat send it to him send it to us send it to us on twitter we're not going to put your phone number up be like hey everyone text this guy every time you see him on tv that's this is great coming out with my coffee i'll be standing next to you know someone famous whatever and it, i'll be the i'll be the famous guy oh god i do want to know too and i'm sure the fans do as well i don't think i've ever asked you this i, I don't know if will has either but your pregame routine like you know you walk into the stadium you obviously get everything charged up focused up and whatnot but like you know during the night yeah what's your like you get there what do you do next I'm early. I'm there before everybody. I'm, I was, I'm usually there now, seven to seven thirty in the morning. And within the next couple of minutes, the first thing I have to do is I get they lock me in the locker room and put the pictures up for social media. So, you know, just the helmets and jerseys hanging up. And then after that, I'll do a bunch of laps walking around the stadium. I don't stand still. So I'll do a couple of laps around the stadium. My brother, when he was coming with me you know, before COVID, we, him and I would walk, go back in, do a little bit of shooting or check in with people. What do you need? I don't really start shooting until, well, actually now I have after now I around nine 30 and the players start coming in. I got to stand out in front, get them walking in. That's very popular. Now I know you see it with basketball, you see it with baseball and all that, you know, whatever the guys are wearing and get a photograph it. And, and that, that's usually sold. You know, I think our sponsor is, I should know this. 
And uh, when we leave, it's Samsonite or was Samsonite. So hey, that's no free ads. Go. You're off the clock. It's okay. Huh? <laughs> nah, you know, hey, you know, I got, got to plug, you know, I got to make a paycheck, you know. Yeah. Um, Who uh, off that point too, with guys walking in, now that Cam Newton's gone, you don't have anyone that's like, oh, look at his crazy outfits. Like who's the most, what's the most crazy deck out you've seen this year on the Pats? There's a couple of guys, you know what? We didn't have to dress up this year because of COVID. Yeah. So before there were guys, you know, bright yellow out, bright yellow suits and stuff like that. And Cam, Cam even didn't dress up all he had. And he didn't even wear the hat. He would bring it. Actually, the funny thing is, is if you look at when we leave on the plane, they're all wearing sweats, but they would bring change of clothes. So when they actually walk across the field and we take a picture of them walking on the field before the game, that's when they dress up. It's, that's they funny. love that stuff. So I remember when I first started doing that, it's like, oh man, this is silly. This is stupid. And Vince Wilpork walked by and I says, yeah, sorry, I got to do that. And no, this is great. It's like, all right, if he says that, then, you know, this is an important thing. So we do it. We make them look good and they dress up for it. So we'll see what happens this year. COVID's over. Maybe they'll make them dress up again. How can I? Uh, but how can but I the, uh, it's funny. The soccer guys dress up, that, but not like dress up like football guys, suit and tie, you yeah. know, the ripped jeans and all that, but they're wearing somebody. And uh, so all those guys, you know, all those soccer guys want to see. The soccer guys like walk in with Kobe Bryant jerseys. Like they're yeah, well they're walking. They do a lot of that they, got, shit. They, they got their Merces, their man Merce, you know, Merce. Yeah, true. Yes, um, I don't know if they carry those, you know, but you know those the soccer guys have Merces. Good for them, but uh, you know, good people. So, Dave, how can I shadow you for a game? How much you got? Hey, I got. How much you got? Never said it. Never for. I got sale. a hat. I got. I got my own. My own hat. Well, you know what? We'd we'll be okay. twinning. You know what? You need to yodel with that hat on. Yodel? Yeah. <laughs> no, there I, you go. Uh, <laughs> now, um, you know, that's you, not a bad it, look, though. I, I feel like it just wouldn't good. work with that hat because you would look like his leprechaun, but you're a big guy, too. So, like, that just doesn't work. German? Did you get the hat in Germany? Because that's what it looks like as a beer style, you know, the German hat. For, for Oktoberfest, yeah. There you go. Okay. See, can I call my hats or what? You can pull your hats. You can Dave Silverman, hat. hat guy. Yeah. So after I do the guys walking in, I'll walk around a little bit. And then from like about 11 o'clock until game time, I'm, I'm following the owner. And I just hang with him. And that's don't turn your back because if you miss a shot, he's pissed. Uh, so is that a yes, Will is going to shadow you? We'll talk about it someday. All right, there we go. <laughs> if my brother's allowed back in, my brother always has first choice. He's been with me. And, you know, one time I asked someone, you want to help me? And they looked at the weather and they said, no. And my brother has <laughs> never looked at the weather. He never, he never, you know, never says no. He's oh, always there. Not cut out Super for Bowl, it if it's the weather. When he goes to the Super Bowl, he pays his own way. He sleeps on the couch in the hotel room and never, never an argument. And I don't, that's the best thing is he knows I'm here for you. Don't, you know, I'm not going to put any more stress on that I already have. Fair. So easy to live up to, Will, huh? huh? Now, how many, now, how many shots would you say? Obviously, you're transferring it to the social media people constantly, and you have the pregame, during the game, halftime, all that stuff. But on average, like, how many shots are you putting in the camera? Right now, um, it's funny. I, I had to look up some pictures of uh, from 2012. And I was looking at what I was doing then. So back then I was doing about 2,900. And I had gotten a new camera this year. It shoots 30 a second. And I kind of went overboard. Uh, and I think I shot, and maybe it was the Tom Brady game. I think I shot 7,200 pictures. Way too much. Way yeah. too much. So I've cut that back. 
probably 45 to five. And a lot of it also depends on the, how well the game goes. So that game in Buffalo, man, if I did three or 4,000, I'd be surprised. The first game, you know, when it was windy and we, all we did was run because they never, they didn't do anything. Not, yeah. not complaining, but just, yeah. you know, we won. That's all. Now I'm curious too, because it's like, I do photography, obviously not in your capacity, but like, I'm not taking thousands of shots. So I kind of know in the timeline, oh, that's a money shot. But how do you, like, what is for you, what's your memory like in terms of like, you're taking 7,000 shots. How do you know which ones are like, yeah, that's it. Oh, you know, when you're shooting it, you know that. I mean, I know, you know, photographing a play is different than, you know, I can take, you know, I take everything. So if I'm, if I'm bored and I'm waiting for something, I'm shooting the cheerleaders or I'm turning around and shooting the crowd and you shoot two or three and, and that's about it. But as it adds up in the long day, there's a lot, um, plays you're going to shoot more of so let's say mac jones starts a running play you know he might get flipped he might jump out of bounds he might get pushed so you're just pushing the button and i'm with guys who push more the buttons more than me and i I can kind of say all right i'm going to stop now i don't need to do it but then wait for the play so you you really just don't you know a lot a lot of guys they call the spray and spray they just kind of push the button and eventually you're all going to get a picture Mm -hmm. so I, i try to time it to the play itself so i have a lot less to edit and you know as you're shooting that's the picture yeah and how fast i mean obviously the pregame stuff you're shooting and dumping right uh i'm shooting um it's going right on the camera and if social wants something they're coming to get it otherwise you know you have a game like that buffalo one there wasn't anything to give and if you're losing there's nothing to give but they've got to put something up but they're not constantly grabbing. And, and that Tom Brady game, that was a tremendous game, that um, the Tampa game. I'm going to call it Tampa game. Yeah. <laughs> the Tom, Tom Brady Tom, game. That, that, what's his name guy who's got seven of those things? Um, what's his name? Is it Tim Tim Brody? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he retired, right? Didn't he? No. Yeah, he's, he retired. Isn't that the guy yeah, that said he's going to go play for the Dolphins this year? Oh, man, that's that's – I don't know. That's such drama nowadays. It's We've got to – all right. Honest thoughts. You don't have to actually no. It isn't employing or throwing your employer under the bus. Like, what do you think happened with Tom Brady this year? I have I, I this last what year? I'm sorry. No, like this year because are you caught up with all the Tom Brady drama about like? I I, I think he got his coach fired. That's yeah. Like there's the, I he mean had it's got to be something. Hey, I'm right? pretty, hey, actually, if you look two weeks earlier, he was in England meeting with the owner. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I then two weeks later, the, the coach is not playing anymore. It's like, come on. I think there's something up. Now, when he, but when he said he retired, did you think that? No. Yeah. I didn't think he would. I, yeah. It was too fast. It happened too fast. It wasn't, I'm going to think about it and whatever. When he's ready, he, he knows when he's ready. He's calling it now. Yeah. He yeah. says, I'm tired. I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to be able to do it. I'm almost hearing that and I'm saying, Geez, he might be done halfway through the season, or maybe he doesn't even make it to the season. That maybe. So do you think he makes it this year? Like, does he f- play a full season this year in Tampa? Or maybe I'll even just remove Tampa for now. Does he play a full season? Of Predictions only, folks, once for the he, record. He, yeah, this is, yeah. I, yeah, Tom, Tom's a baller. He, he's going to play. If he's there and I can win, I'm going to play. Does he play for Tampa this whole year? Of course. He's not moving. He's not, he's not going. He's a, he's a fr- his contract's done at the end of the year. I believe. He, uh, right. Hey, he's got, no, he's, 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 no, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't. Cut uh, it. Yeah. I, 
They could kind of lead. I'm leaning towards. I don't think Miami could afford it, especially after trading the picks well, after all this shit. Yeah, they're not going to. No, they're not like he's not going to get. The, he's not going to get the coach in that he wanted and then leave. Yeah, he they're also the, not going to. Gonna, right, they're not going to jeopardize um, uh, Tua. Right, I mean they've just invested like too much around Tua that they're like, all right, he's either going to suck or he's not. We got to give him a full year. They don't want to. I'm I'm assuming they want to keep the distractions to a minimum with him. Flores is out because. He might not have wanted him there, and yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's unfortunate because you know Flores is a nice guy. I guess you hear some things, and maybe he didn't think Tour was the guy, and he was told you got to use the guy. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. I back, backstory things you'll never know until someone writes a book. That's the thing. And then you We're don't, and the, unless the person who's telling the story is will you know it. Like you don't know Tom's story unless Tom actually writes it himself. If it's Joe Schmo writing a guest, you know, a ghost story. I know I wouldn't believe it. You know, right. Bill writes his own book. It's his own book from his mouth. Yeah, it makes sense. I think we're we're not really going to know uh, for a long time, but alas, I'm I'm buckling the seatbelt and uh, away we go with Tom Brady. Hopefully, you don't run hey, into him again. If Bill and Tom write the books. I mean, you got some premier photography for it. That's actually no really Patriots. Cool. Patriots own that stuff, so it has nothing to do with me. And if they do a book, they usually go to AP or NFL. Well, I was going to say, people will just give Patriots, it to them anyway just to get their name in the book, you know. If the Patriots have, in theory, some assets sitting around, and those assets are, you know, one of a select group of home and away photographers. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, they have some good pictures. But I like your chances. Only if the Patriots like the book, will the book be in there. So the Patriots is, have done two books. Mm. They did one after, where is it? 2001 oh yeah they did one after uh the 2001 one they did it and that's a lot of my stuff and some ap stuff that they couldn't find so they do their own they'll use our stuff but you know maybe use some ap but someone else would do it most likely you're not going to see my stuff there yeah well there you go that's a that could be a fun angle for you i have a fun question for you now Um, all right we'll try this is not football related you're we talked about this with you, like in a much more formal setting. The first time we did this, we're like, "Oh, you know, how's it feel to you know how important is physical training for you and all this stuff, right?" Um, you know, you're you're out here posting on Instagram. You got me to download an app today. I'm I'm here for it. Is there? I I thought about this on my way home. I can't think of a guy that's stronger than you that's a photographer. So is there anyone? Like that, you know, in the business that you're like, yeah, I think I could beat the shit out of him. Like it, it, only because he's a little stronger than me. I, I, no, I've no, never you could beat the I shit out never, of everyone. I never then. think of somebody that way. I never think I could beat somebody, <laughs> you know, I, I, I will say, you know, sometimes I kind of have to push to get a photo, but you know, I'm, I'm usually, you know, trustworthy, but no, I, I would like to tell a few guys, Hey, you know, you're getting a little fat around the belly. I can help you right. out with that. That's about it. <laughs> And when I say a little, I'll say not a lot. So and we I won't ask, ask you to you. name those guys. I did ask you, though. I did ask you. Are you well, that's what had me thinking. I'm like, Silverman <laughs> asked me if I'm working out. Like, I wonder if he's the like the guy that like other guys are like, oh my god, like he's he's pretty yoked. Like he could probably beat the crap out of me. But I wanted no. to know if there's like some jacked guy that the, you know, like the Texans and or some random franchise that's uh, doing the photos. Being, working out is not going to make you beat someone up any better. Yeah, you know, well, right? maybe throw a heavier weight than the other guy could. That's about it. So if he throws a ten, I could probably throw a thirty-five or a forty at him, which helps. That which helps, helps a, a lot thing. because then I can run a little bit, but I still can't run fast. So what's in so the all uh, I gotta do is run faster than the other guy. What's in the routine now? Anything new? Anything updated? 
No, nothing new. Oh, I did buy some weight, heavier weights, and doing some squats and uh, bench presses, which I wasn't haven't been done in a while. So now I'm into that, and I, I shared an app with uh, with uh, them here earlier today. I can share with you if you want, you know. But I, I think TV adds a little pounds on me too. So <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what and, it was. Uh, I, I never many... worked. Out, I never worked out as a kid. I've always walked. I am a walker. My whole family we walk every weekend. I don't know what it is. It's just in our mind. We walk, walk, walk. When I turned 40, I looked down and, you know, I was heavy. My wife, I remember putting her, her um, arms around me. She says, oh, you got a little belly there. And it's like, I think from then at 40, I worked out. And since then, it's just been just part of my life. It's just, I got to do it. If I go two days, which I'm on my second day, because I couldn't do it because of the conference today at Bryant, uh, tomorrow will be nuts. I'm right at it because I'm in my head. It's like, all right, let's get going. You got to do something. Yeah. And you've got your, so. in your cave right now, you've got your TRX cables. You've got your squat racks. All that I don't, I told you about, we were talking about the TRX. I don't actually have any, but I got a place for it, but I still haven't oh. bought it. So I'm working on the weights. I'm spending my money on cameras. Okay, guys. Right, that's yeah. fair. I just updated some cameras and stuff. I bought a weights earlier this year and they're more expensive than I thought they were. It's Sorry. like, it's very expensive. Isn't it like 10 bucks? No, it's not 10 bucks. It's like, pound. it's almost like a buck a pound. So if you got a, a buck a pound, that's what it is. 10 bucks every 10 pounds. That's uh, right. Yeah. So I bought a 45 pounder. It cost me 95 bucks. Holy shit. And that was one. You need two of them. You can't yeah. go with just one 45 pound. Oh my God. Yeah. So, and, and then you got to go, so then you yeah. got a bunch of 25s and then you got a, a couple of 10s. And, you're good to go. and you need a bar. <laughs> Don't uh, forget the bar. Yeah. The bar, the bar was 125, you know, it yeah, ends up, it ends like, up, but it's worth it. In the long run, it's worth it. You know, I feel good when I work out. I feel availability too. I mean, I had to buy two fifty-pound weights from two different stores. Yeah, uh, Big Fitness. Big Fitness. I hope, they, I hope they give me some money on this one, but yeah, yeah Big Fitness no has, has a whole storage. <laughs> you know, uh, Big Fitness and Cranston, Rhode Island. So uh, they—that's where I've been getting my stuff. They got a good, really good prices. I think they're at seventy-five cents a pound or something like that. So. There you go for all you folks out there. I thought when you said 75, I thought you were gonna be like, yeah, you know, they're uh, very yes. casually like seven, 750 Pontiac Ave, uh, Cranston. Uh, <laughs> uh, is that where they're at? That's close though. Is it on Pontiac? I think it's on Pontiac down the, from the CVS. It's on Pontiac. Oh my God. There you go. Uh, I was just down there. So that's probably okay. It's right down there. Like, it's, Pontiac, Cranston. Um, it's actually kind of shady kind of when you go there, you know, it's in the, you know, the, uh, uh, the construction area and all that stuff, but you know, it's, it's worth going. So should we, um, who should we bill for that ad? Should we just drop we'll, it off there? We'll share it. We'll, we'll three, we'll three. Yeah. So we do, we just invoice them, you know, say, Hey, That's we, right. we ran an ad. Uh, we, we're collecting here. Courtesy we'll of Dave Silverman. Some, we'll go out and have some beers. We'll send them the bills. How's that? That's perfect. Yeah, that's fair. Honestly, we just save the receipt. We just bill it to them. I think that's, that's fair. It. That's it. Or just right, big fitness. Rhode Island. <laughs> Give us a call. 1-800. Oh, is that? 1-800. Just give us a call. 1-800. <laughs> no, you were talking about food and beer. Any good food and beer spots in Rhode Island you hit recently? You know, I've really been liking, uh, you know, you had to ask me because I kind of forgot. I've been a fish and chips kick lately. Wow. Um, That's weird. Uh, and you know, what I really like that I've been liking, but when you eat it, you're like, you're sitting there and you're saying, I can't believe I ate all this. Was you ever go to Buckstown? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you get wings and uh, some waffle and man, you're just sitting on the couch for like 10 hours straight, but that's good stuff. That's a good place. No beer there. So you got to go to the store and pick a packy. And, or you, you just know, go a- to Monica right across the street. Oh, I didn't know that. Actually, you know, it was kind of cool. The first time I went to Bucktown, I'm walking down the street. I got my hat on. A guy drives up, beeps the phone. He says, 
hey, are you Mr. Silverman? He says, I follow you on Instagram. I says, that's cool. I said, what's your name? Thanks a lot for saying hi. Hey, yeah, pull down your pants. I'll sign, so, I'll sign your pass. <laughs> there you go. I'm uh, staying away from that one. Yeah. You didn't offer him an autograph at least? No, I don't autograph. I, I tell people, you won't be, you're not going to be able to read mine. I, I get kids at camp. Sometimes they want my autograph or whatever. And I, you know, they don't even know who I am. They just want an autograph. It's like, you're not, I'm just going to ruin that piece of paper that right, you, know, you have in front of you. <laughs> So you got the you got the double the double uh i'm looking at the photo you gave us of the the black and white yankees photo it's the double oh yeah that one i forgot i gave you guys that one that's a great picture yeah. isn't it yeah. that's my favorite it's, a how come it's not double. hanging on your wall Jim, how come it it's not on your wall there it's here so it's, i'm looking for it i think it's in my room yeah. that's where There's i put dust. it there you go right in the corner there. yeah it's a yankee I, shrine that's my yankees that's all the yankee stuff even though they suck right now uh they're never that's come for back. i can't i can't believe they kept their coach the Yankees talk might have to be for the three of us over beers because when we went out last, the Yankees 18, were playing the Astros. We went to, what is it? McBride's pub on the East yep. side. You know, who was pitching for the Astros? Free beers. Next time we go. See yeah, well, who's giving free beers, right? What? Who? Wait, hold on. You say free beers. I said, because you keep mentioning their name. You mentioned the name. We should get a free beer from that. Oh, yeah. We're just billing everybody. This is the billing. <laughs> this is the two-year anniversary. We're all in marketing. Come on. We're fucking charging you people now. That's um, right. And you know what? We're going to make more beer because we're going to take a picture of us doing beer, and we're going to share it on Instagram, and then we're going to make another beer. And then we are, yeah. We're going to be drinking at McBride's for, like, forever for free. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but you know who's pitching for the Astros that game? Derek Cole. Will knows. Who? Garrett Cole, baby. Garrett Cole, really? that was his last uh, Astros-Yankees game where he was on the Astros side. Was that 2018? No, that or was 2019. 2019. Okay. Oh, yeah. Hey, I, I did my one MLB baseball game ever. We were, uh, we, were, we were in Detroit, and I called the Yankees, and I know the girl there, and I said, can you get me into a game? Oh, you, like, well, yeah, you told shoot. us this last time. You let yeah. me shoot, and it was the one and only game, and that was the Yankee game where three fights broke out in one game, and I never have to go to another game because you're never going to get a fight in a baseball game like that. Right at you, home plate, I'm right there. That was Mickey too. Pictures. Mickey was talking. He was running his mouth a little, and then Austin Romine yep. punches him in the face. Knocks oh. him down the catcher, right? Yeah, Austin Romine, baby. Well, I thought a fight was going to break out today because Miguel Cabrera, 2,999 hits, struck out three times, He's a lefty on the mound. They walked him in the ninth inning because it was lefty on left. Really? Yeah. So it was an intentional walk. I mean, it's a, it's a shitty moment because it's like, okay, at least give him the chance to hit the 3000. He'll hit it tomorrow. But baseball terms, like it's a lefty on a lefty in a close game, ninth inning. That's a smart move. No matter. Yeah, but do you want, do you want your name on that too? Yeah. That's, I mean, it's Boone. So get Boone's it. Ball, he's uh He's, he's going to have to face the media on that one, but I don't really, I, I kind of agree though. It's like, not, I think that's a good baseball move. And Maggie even said it, he goes, who the F cares? He's like, it's a, there was a lefty waiting on deck. Like the, I would have done that too. There's two outs and a base empty. Like, of course you have to do that. I'm, I'm not, I'm okay with it. I really am. I don't know. Would have been sick to see Miggy. Uh, he, he was yapping. He was yapping. No, he I was. I don't watch much. I don't watch much baseball anymore, guys. Sorry. I got more time. <sighs> That's like, I might as well play golf, you know? Have you ever, well, have you ever shot at Fenway? What's it? I never. Actually, the only time I've done it is when the Patriots throw out the first pitch, when we win the Super Bowl trophy. Hmm. 
I've never done there. I actually haven't been to the garden, the new garden. I've never been. Um, the only wow. time I've been there is I used to send my photos in. This is probably 85. I used to send photos in because I had um, a magazine and you send a photo in. If you want, you get courtside, you get to sit courtside and take pictures and they give you an autographed 20 by 30 poster. I used to do it all the time. So I always picked, I actually won four or five times. And I would always, I would always try to do Celtics versus the Bulls. And every time I did the Bulls game, Jordan never played. Oh, so I never got a chance to do him. So we have that. So every time I got a poster, the team photographer would give you a poster of his photo, but the player would sign it. So I have a Larry Bird sign, Kevin McHale. Uh, who else was from there? Danny Ainge. Was it Dennis? What's his name? Um, not Rodman, right? No, 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 no. Played for the Celtics. Uh, anyway, so those are the guys. They're just sitting here rolled up or whatever. One of these days, I'll pass it on to someone. <laughs> there you go. So that was the last time I was there was in the old garden. Old garden. Hey, Fenway, I just told Will, Fenway's doing a photography night in a couple weeks. You should go. I did see that. You guys going to go? Will, you're going to go do it. Yeah. I think bucks, Billy I think, should. I think it's 30 bucks, right? Yeah. It's, it's it dirt cheap. You guys yeah, should go. Their uh, photographer, uh, Bill, but uh, Bill Weiss. Yeah, Billy, Billy Weiss. Weiss. He's a he's a very good photographer. He's been there quite a while. So you'll he, learn a lot. I will say he's my only follow, maybe besides Nesson on Instagram that's associated with the Red Sox. I I love his work. I've been he was actually one of my first on Instagram, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Him. So weird. He was one of my first uh, first Instagram followers. I don't know. I've been I, God. I've been on Instagram for like eight nine years. Um, He's good. It's actually not the same. It's not the same as it was. Instagram's kind of very addy um, and very video oriented. Yeah. No, it's not right. Nobody it's wants not, to look at photos anymore. It's not conducive to like your work. Yeah. Like right. it's, it's not, it used to be an excellent platform for photographers specifically. Now it's just, right. you know, they're, they're everything to everyone, which is not bad. Like that's how they get more uh, users, I guess. But you know, as funny as it sounds, a lot of the photographers that I follow are actually going more on Twitter than they are on Instagram. That makes sense. Yeah, because you know the, the the algorithm has killed everything. Social media is not as fun as it used to be, I guess. Yeah, we don't see Silverman on TikTok, so. <laughs> I, I have an account. I have put some stuff on there. I actually, the first one I put up there was a shark one and I had 2 million views. Oh my God. But I just don't have that much stuff, so. Yeah, it was, it's like, who's looking at this? Who's got time to look at this stuff? And then, and then now you look at it, it's like, I'm a little old to see all these girls and whatever they're doing. And so it's kind of creepy. So I'm, yeah, I'm you, you can't now. be doing the renegade and shit, you know? No, I, I can't have my wife looking at my shoulder. What are you looking at? No. <laughs> oh, man. You, you'll find out. Well, you, you know, you're sitting there one night. And your girlfriend's going to look over your shoulder as you're walking by and say, honey, you know, what is that? It's social, social media now. It's crazy. It's like you can't. You used to be able to just like scroll through it. Now it's just like, okay, this is not not safe for work anymore and stuff. It's it's uh it's insane. It's that meme of uh Homer Simpson coming out of the bush and then immediately coming back in. That's right. That's very popular, you know. But it's like how many times do I have to see that on Twitter from 20 guys who are doing the same thing? That's I I hear you. I there's there's value to that. So Long story, this is where we've gotten our interview, folks. We started off talking about Tom Brady and how we're talking about Silverman on TikTok and dancing and, uh, you know. <laughs> no, 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 not me, not me. 
Oh God. So we've, we've checked off all those boxes. We've checked off. We've got two ads, which we will bill uh, the companies to which we've mentioned. That's big fitness yep. in Cranston and McBride's. Uh, that's another <laughs> 50 bucks or so. And then we're going to um, get you a job at Gillette having people climb on the outside. of. Yes. The I will be the charity director of people climbing on the outside of the lighthouse at Gillette. Um, we will do it for, uh, we'll do, we can do it for Huntsman Cancer Institute. Somebody's going to, someone's going to take your idea and steal it because there's a money there. I you think know, there you is. will be able to for charity. I think they're going to have parties at the very top. So you'll be okay. able to be at the top of the whatever and walk around and whatever. Yeah, that's kind of sick. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be nice. And nice thing is for me and uh, my other photographer friends, when we have to go to the stadium, you don't have to do a U-turn and go all the way back because it's a horseshoe because now you'll be able to do a whole 360 around the stadium. Oh, nice. That's good. Yeah. And then maybe that'll make the parking a little bit less of a nightmare, but or the uh, that's the not going to exiting, it. but that's not going to get fixed. That's so. a that's for another day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, pick your good battles up there this year. So get it. Go see a concert at Gillette. We got uh, we got there. Chesney's going to be back, and oh. uh, Elton John's going to be playing there for oil tour. He's always good to watch. Yeah. Hey, and Revs um, Revs two this year, brand new. Revs, uh, Revs brand two new Sundays, league. and I think it's is it free? I have. Can you just walk no in. Idea. Okay. You well, can just uh, walk it's free in. For, hey, it's free for me, so I'm. <laughs> You're getting paid. Yeah. The nice so. thing, is, the the good and the bad thing is, is sometimes it's two o'clock on a Saturday, Sunday. If you got nothing to do, if it's gonna rain, you go. Last week it snowed, and then uh, you know sometimes it's six. But yeah, hey, if you want to go take the kids, it's a no-brainer, no parking, all that stuff. So parking. So basically, free, they, even if it's not free, you go and you ask for Dave Silverman. And said, oh, Dave Silverman told me it was free. I could just go and as long know. as I wear my hat, I can get in the door. That's damn right. I love Actually, it. Actually, I was I went on the field one day without my hat and a couple of security guys came out and I turned around and I go, just wear your damn hat. <laughs> it, you get the you get the Patrick Ewing treatment uh when you walk in there. They're like, excuse me, sir, we need to see your credential. It's like, do you know who I am? My name's in the room. No, rafters. I never do I never do that. <laughs> never do that. But I've done it for other people who they didn't know they were. And it's just uh, yeah, he kind of owns the place. So let him in. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, Dave Silverman, ladies and gentlemen, appearance number three. Um, back for more guys we'll be back for more right yeah you are enjoy these rare moments where you are the first guest and the most recent guest. you've got about a week or so maybe maybe a week and a half uh of that title um thanks for coming on man what uh where can everybody keep up with you uh and also what are you looking forward to most this summer and beyond i should say just a little time i'm gonna go try to take my water cameras and go down the beach and see what's down there and try to catch some waves and stuff like that. So right now, if something comes up, I'm just going to hop on a plane and go. But right now I'm just, I'm just chilling. Take it Love easy. It. Yeah. Take it very put it in easy. The bank. Where can... Instead of spending it, put it in the bank, you know? Perfect. Invest it all in Bitcoin while you're at it. Um, where? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we'll save that for another day I, too. Where can everybody find anything, you? Usually, if I spend anything, I'm usually buying, cam- I'm usually buying cameras. No, Dave, Dave was good though. Because his first one of words of wisdom was to save, put it in the bank. Especially yeah, true. uncertain. So because you never know. And that's what For I now. did. And, uh, got me through the COVID and all that stuff. And uh, you know, now you're back. Living the dream. Living the dream, boys. I'm back. Fun. So I appreciate you guys having me on. I always enjoy being with you guys. No, we appreciate it. And your plug for social media? Uh DS Picks photo on Instagram and DS Picks on Twitter. But I don't I don't post a lot. If I post something, it's gotta be something special. Yeah, I mean your feed's always good. You got good so, stuff. So we're looking for follow uh, Brown Athletics, Brian Athletics, MIT Athletics, 
uh, Roger William Athletics, and you'll see all my photos with them. How's that as a plug for my my clients and the Patriots, Gillette, Revolution, Revolution Two. So there's a few places you can follow to see all my work. Perfect, perfect. Well, Dave, we appreciate it as always. Thank you so much. Hall of Fame, all time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. First, first and forever. So thank you again. Thanks, boys. Appreciate appreciate you guys. That was just Dave Silverman. Uh, DSC Picks, I believe it's on Instagram and all of his social media, but ultimate friend of the program. I mean, we've known him for a few years now, even before all of the podcasting stuff through Bryant, um, always a friendly face and his work speaks for itself. It's absolutely incredible. So I'll always laugh. You know, he always said we were his first podcast. He was our first guest and he was like, I don't know how I'm going to be. And now it's, now it's second nature. So always appreciate Dave coming on. And now we're with John Fanta. I mean, I guess it's, it's safe to say the John Fanta interview can be presented by Manscaped because it is balls. So go to manscaped.com slash house for 20% off. But John Fanta, what a, what a season he just had from calling a game with Bill Raftery to having Portnoy and big cat tweet at him all the time going on a live stream. He was the face of college basketball this season and for seasons to come. And the numbers that he provided about his Twitter impressions and growth is just phenomenal. I mean, we're so proud of him and we're always happy to have him on the show. So to talk some college hoops and some Cleveland sports, here is John Fanta. Yeah, so two-year anniversary, another special guest, friend of the program, John Fanta, but he's more than just a friend of the program. He's a Hall of Fame guest. So <laughs> House Enterprise and the Beers Business, uh, Beers Business and Balls podcast awards John Fanta as an all-time Hall of Fame BBB guest, with the Christmas come early logo, wow! One, we're gonna NFT it, but this one is for you, John Fanta, ladies and gentlemen, Hall of Fame as This is the highest honor I've ever received. <laughs> this podcast, this podcast is the most innovative podcast I've ever been on by far. You guys have made a beer about me. You've put together a plaque that's nicer than anything I have in my own home. I got to give you a world of credit. Uh, I consider a Triple B to be as much fun as any pod that I get to be a guest on. So, Will, Jake, thank you. Thank you. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you for having me on. I love your pod because we talk about all different kinds of things. And, gentlemen, it is great to be with you. We're talking late on a Monday night. And there's no place I'd rather be than with both of you talking about a wide variety of topics. Let's ride. Oh, baby. I, I, I love to, it. I'm about to run through a wall. It's Monday night. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's always a pleasure to see John Fanto, but holy shit, that was a pump up at pump up like no other. Uh, Did you know what I just thought of? Do we also need to award him the most beers in one sitting on the pod? Because I think you still own the title for that last year. I think I do. Uh <laughs> Beers on me here tonight, but I think I I drank enough for for two or three of them in a row. So uh, look, I'll take. I know that you can to- you can roll them over. Yes, we you right. can take roll a few over. beers from the I think the record six uh, Sam Adams Wicked right. Hazy IPAs back in 2021. To, I love it. It's good to win a title in something. <laughs> as a as a Clevelander, we really stress that. Yeah. So I mean, which. Which would you rather start off with, the 
recap of your last season because what a hell of a season you had or bring in some open some wounds about some Cleveland sports but I mean Cleveland sports are kind of on a come up in some way shape or form so what would you prefer to start off with good sir where I want to go steer the wheel right or left I'll I'll take that ride all right we'll, we'll start with we'll start with Cleveland sports I mean We'll stick with baseball first because we are in baseball season. Um, I'm sorry as a Yankee fan for what happened. I would never do such a thing, but that was pretty crappy. But Cleveland Guardians, I mean, they just, they paid Jose Ramirez the bag. Well-deserved. I, I thought he was going to be one of those guys that, that gets traded. Uh, what's the state of Cleveland baseball from your perspective? Well, I think it's a young ball club that this year will hinge on how far their pitching can take them. There's no question that beyond Jose Ramirez, that lineup is a bit of a mystery from day to day. They're a streaky team. They're about a 500 ball club. Maybe they go a little bit over and surprise us because Terry Francona's in that dugout. But uh, that lineup just doesn't have the staying power in it for me to say that they're going to win 90 ball games here this season. Now, the American League Central Division is off to a very strange start to the season. The White Sox have struggled mightily. They seem to not be able to play defense. The Twins are in this average state. Uh, the Tigers, I think, are coming along, but I can't figure them out. And Kansas City is not very good. So Cleveland, the thing about the Guardians is they're a well-run organization. They've got young prospects who have come up and emerged. Miles Straw's a guy. Stephen Kwan, Owen Miller's another. They have some young kids that have stepped up to the plate literally early in the season and have really impressed me. But it's hard to imagine that that happens over the course of a 162-game marathon. So I like this club. I think that they're heading back in the right direction. I think you got to swallow your wounds uh, a little bit and uh, swallow your lumps, if you will, a little bit and and suffer some wounds to get to where you want to be. The fact is baseball's got a budget problem. It doesn't take long to figure that out. The disparity between the cheap and the rich is huge. It's never been bigger. And Cleveland's on the cheap end. And when you're on the cheap end, you have to grow your prospects. The Guardians do a good job of that, but it's going to take time. And uh, I don't think they're ready to be a playoff team now. If they make the postseason this year, that's overachieving. Uh, but uh, an interesting team that has Shane Bieber and Zach Plesac and Aaron Savali and uh, just this bevy of pitching that keeps them in games. John, do you, here's the million dollar question. Did you buy any Guardians merch yet? You're the second guy that's asked me that question tonight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, here yeah. I am thinking like, I'm really going to get them here, but. Yeah, I, um, I have not. And that's not to, to mean that I'm, I am against the name change. It's going to take some time getting used to it. I'm trying to use Guardians as much as possible. But I will say that uh, I, I haven't needed to because they really didn't change that much on the primary logo. It's the C. It's the Block C, which I have plenty of gear with the Block yeah. Indians, now Guardian C on it. So... I didn't have to buy any Guardians gear. I'm all set. I got my Block C stuff, and I was wearing that the last couple of years. So this is nothing new for me. 
And I'm going to call them the Guardians. If you're a fan who's so against the name change that you're leaving the team or you're not rooting for them anymore, I'm sorry, you're a clown. You probably doesn't. It means that you weren't a fan before. And, uh, you know, name change is the name change. It's like Terry Francona said, if the Indians' name is offending people, no name should offend people. Uh, let's move forward and let's do something productive. And that's what they did with the name change. So does it, is it hard? Like, as in, is it hard to get used to a name change when you're a sports fan of a team? Yeah. But they're, it's Cleveland baseball. Like, I'm, I'm a Clevelander. It's who I root for. I like so the that's Cleveland baseball. I was going to say, I like the Guardians better than, like, what Washington did with the Commanders. I thought football yeah. team was better than Commanders. So, it's like, at least the Guardians has, like, the historic ties. And, you know, they, they did something with – the the statues on the bridge and everything but is there a name that you would have been like that's it like i'm okay with it being a change or nothing specific no no and and i didn't see any that was suggested that said yep no brainer or else they would have done that yeah so no there wasn't a name that made me say and even the indians and now the guardians if they had seen a name that made sense they wouldn't have changed they would change it to that you know why? They ended up having to deal with a lawsuit because there was a roller derby club in Cleveland that claimed that they were the Guardians. Uh, obviously, they need to do a better job publicizing their action because nobody knew about them. So I don't I don't think that there was a name that was going to solve all the powers that be. Take away, take your favorite team. There's a reason why they're the Yankees. There's a reason why they're the Red Sox. There's a reason why they're the Providence Friars. If you change their name, you'd be like, who is this team? Exactly. That's like when Bryant changed actually for many years ago from the Indians to the Bulldogs. People forget there's still some people that come back and call it the Bryant Indians, which obviously for different reasons that doesn't fly now. But to your point, it's they will always be the original team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, it's going to take some time for sure. Let, let's shift gears to football now. I mean, the Browns have undergone some interesting moves these past couple of months, of course, to Sean Watson. Uh, it appears he's going to lace him up this year, uh, barring any more litigation, but appears that Baker Mayfield's time in Cleveland is over. You've had some weeks to think about this now, John. What are you thinking about the Cleveland Browns? Well, Let's start with the elephant in the room in Deshaun Watson. So litigation or not, what Deshaun Watson is alleged of doing is disgusting and wrong, and he should be punished for it. So, and that's coming from a a Cleveland Browns fan uh, who who has rooted for the Browns his entire life. And I guarantee you that there are Browns fans out there who unfortunately would say that I'm an idiot and that I should go to hell. Wow. So, uh, because that's what this has created. Um, It's created um, a really, really disturbing side story that really needs to be the main story Because in sports, it's a fantasy world. You can do things that are wrong and survive because you're bigger than life. 
And so Deshaun Watson did things that you that that allegedly that you go to prison for a very very long time for, and you get help. Uh, and as it stands right now, it doesn't sound as if any of those things are happening. Uh, and the NFL has not exactly moved swiftly on this whole thing, which is strange to me. That's strange. Now, I'm not saying that they that that I'm surprised, but it is a little strange to me, guys, that this guy was involved in the amount of cases he was involved in. And, and you could sit here and say, well, yeah, but, but nothing ended up coming of it legally. Yeah, but as a league, you stand for something. Or you're yeah. supposed to, place. If we worked for a company and we were alleged of all these things, what's going to happen to us, whether we are found guilty or not? Right out the door. You're right fired. Door. Yeah. So so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Here's where I fall on it. And, and tell me how you feel. So as a Browns fan, I've rooted for the Browns before Deshaun Watson. I'll root for them after Deshaun Watson, which means I'm going to root for them next Sunday, the, the next Sunday they play on. I'm a Browns fan. I can't root for Deshaun Watson, a man. I, I can't do it. Um, will I root for the Browns when they score a touchdown next season? Yeah. Yeah, I will. Because I'm not going to give up my fandom. Mm-hmm. If you do, I understand. I understand. There are some people who actually have given up their tickets who are like, I can't do this. I have little girls at home or I have a wife. So, um, and I have a girlfriend and, and I don't mean it like that, but I, but like I, I, I struggle with it. I do. Um, in terms of Baker Mayfield, I think that he's going to get dealt this week at the NFL draft. I think he's going to likely head to the Carolina Panthers. I think this has to be done. I think Baker Mayfield has handled himself extremely immaturely. And this is a change of tone from the last time I talked with you guys on this podcast. I was wrong. Yeah. And, I'm, wrong. And- I'm not to admit when I'm wrong. I was absolutely dead wrong on Baker Mayfield. I thought he was the franchise quarterback, and I have been hoodwinked and carried astray. Now, before, so I mean, we talked, it was in the fall, I guess that's, yeah, it was right beginning of the season, coming off obviously the playoffs and everything, but season ends, you know, this January, February timeline. Obviously, the Browns did not compete as they anticipated. Were you still in on Baker Mayfield at that point, or were you after the season, you were like, you know what? next quarterback, you know, added to the, added to the long list of the, on the Jersey. Christmas day is when I said, I'm done. That was when I hit my breaking point. Maybe it being Christmas impacts it. Maybe because I had a little too much Christmas sale, excuse me, uh, triple B holiday Al. Maybe that's why, <laughs> but yeah. I was, done. I was done. I got in an argument with my brother over it, uh, at the, at the Christmas day party because i said to him i said i can't do this anymore this guy stinks he's no good he's like oh ride it out and i've and we've i've lost arguments before i got tired arguing with them you're yawning now too you're you're tired even just at the sheer thought of it i know because i was so over it i was over him a baker made so not my brother um (laughs) i just I just is so over the whole thing. Like I'm tired of the act, you know, the guys have, he amounted to this past year. Do you know how many times the Browns could have won games? If he had done one thing for them, he did nothing for them. 
not a thing. Is it that or is it like, I don't know, is like, how did we have such a big shift from this is the guy to holy shit, he sucks? Was it just a, a string of things that they were, that he, you know, played the part and, you know, came into some luck or was this there, was this just there all along and was, did we kind of get to the point that was inevitable? Well, I think that the year previous, the Browns were not on people's radar. And they sprung up. They played a third place, last place type of schedule. They played a weaker schedule. They ran the football at will. Now, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt dealt with major injuries this past season. So your running game got impacted. Then your wide receiver game, you were losing wide receivers. Your offensive line was also struggling. And you had injuries to your O-line. And that's when the the paper mache started to just go for this team. That's when the house of cards began to crumble because the offensive line went through injuries and this football team could not handle that. And Baker Mayfield couldn't either. And guys, I think where we got fooled is he needed everything to go right to win. Everything, Mm -hmm. everything. He couldn't fight through an injury or something going wrong with his O-line or a dropped pass or a big third down play. If it was third and long, forget about it. Or a team came back in a game. I think it was week four. We, we faced the Chargers. We were up by two scores in the fourth quarter, I want to say. Totally unraveled and lost the game. You know, just did not have the mental fortitude to win. And in the NFL, it's a league of, 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 look, if you don't deliver, you're gone. He did not deliver. He did not step up to the plate. And so that's why, that's why change occurred. So I guess from, I mean, you're a lifelong Cleveland Brown fan and you've, you've seen this revolving door of quarterbacks. What would be like, you know, I mean, it was what, four full seasons of Baker Mayfield, three, three and a half, maybe, or, you know, what would, what would be your, okay, he needs to prove something to me or we're on to the next one. Like what time frame would you say? For what? For, like, you know, say Deshaun Watson's the next quarterback. He has X amount of years to do something or I'm, I'm all set. Um. I mean, he has a good three years to prove himself. Yeah. Uh, he's certainly getting paid enough to do that uh, because they dished out a boatload of money for this to happen, which is what ended up driving him to Cleveland to begin with. If you remember, there was a story out there about how he wasn't interested, and then all of a sudden he became interested. You know why? He got paid. Got paid. And, got, and the Browns can pay people. Their ownership's not afraid to pay. So he's got a good three years. If it If he – doesn't perform next season or has issues the following year the Browns don't have a choice they're not gonna but yeah I I mean I I give him a good three years he's certainly built up that type of reputation in the league I don't think he's gonna need three years to succeed the Browns are loaded up I mean they've got Amari Cooper Um, they've got a pretty deep wide receiver core they have an offensive line that should come back healthy. Wyatt Teller was extended. He's a big-time offensive lineman. You still have Chubb and Hunt together. You've got David Njoku and Harrison Bryant. 
I mean, the Cleveland Browns are in a great place. And defensively, they just locked up Denzel Ward. Miles Garrett's at the forefront of that pass rush. And they bolstered up the, uh, the linebacker position with Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. So Cleveland is set up for success. The Browns were in a lot of games last year. That's why the Browns to go in the playoffs this upcoming season is not a bad bet because they're going to play a third-place schedule. They're going to play an easier schedule again, and they're really not a third-place team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still still the Bengals' division to lose, but the Browns could uh, make some noise. <laughs> well, for sure. It is the Bengals' division to lose. I mean, it, Cincinnati made the Super Bowl. But, guys, it's really hard to duplicate that success. So I would say, uh, looking at the AFC North next year, like I actually would lean more towards Baltimore or Cleveland. And I know some people would be like, how? Because Cincinnati has not proven that they can sustain this from season to season. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to be hunted by everybody in the NFL. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, any, any team that has that firepower on, you know, the wide receiving end and Mixon finally got his shit together. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. We, is this another big prove it year? I think you make a good point for the Bengals. I just think the talent's going to be, too good that that's where i'm at with them right now but alas uh only time will tell it'll be interesting to see i mean i i really do i i think i think it will be interesting to see what happens in that afc north no question Mm -hmm. yeah well Mm -hmm. let's uh let's dive into the season you had what about your day job john what about about the cat well yeah i guess we should talk that's a playoff team that's a playoff (laughs) i forgot the playoff team yes look good good year for the Cavs. I mean, uh, quality year for them. Would like to see them make it into a playoff series. They didn't, but but a good year for those Cavaliers. And I'll tell you what, Darius Garland is going to be a big time, big time, big time talent. If he isn't already, they're going to work on an extension with him. Uh, the Colin Sexton contract thing is going to be really interesting to see what happens because Sexton's going to ask for money, and I don't know if the Cavaliers should give it to him. Rich Paul is Sexton's agent. There's going to be a really interesting negotiating period that goes on with Colin Sexton and the Cavaliers. Like, I think it it's going to be um, very telling of where they their thought process is with Sexton and with the others around him. So I think for Cleveland, um, they, they're in a really good place. Like Jared Allen and Evan Mobley together, guys, that's big time. They defend at a high level. I thought J.B. Bickerstaff got exposed a little bit in the play-in tournament, but I like Garland quite a bit, and I think that they're building up. Lowry Markkinen is such a fascinating piece, and the supporting cast is there. They got to get another elite wing in the offseason. They got to step up to the plate and get another form of offense on the wing. Any, anybody in the draft, late 20s, I think that's where their pick will probably sit. Um, that stands out to you that you would be like, okay, I like what I see from him in school or overseas or wherever he might've been or nothing, you know, just a more of an elite wing. Yeah. I, I, I think they're probably going to have to go on free agency with this yeah. one. Maybe, they can, maybe they can go and get somebody out of college. I got to take a deeper dive on this draft class. It's a great question. Will. it's something I have to look into. Uh, to see what they could do. They actually are in the lottery again by, by not making the playoffs. Wow. It's kind of like they had, a, they had a season that was surprising, but by not making the playoffs, you actually get a ping pong ball. Huh. 
That's all right. <laughs> you would that, right? I mean, they had a they, they were good enough. They they were in the seven eight game. They lost. I'll tell you this much: when I watched them play the Nets in the playing game, it was quite apparent to me that Brooklyn was not going to amount to anything in the playoffs. Which they so just got swept. A lot of people are surprised by it. I can tell you right now, I'm not. I thought that the Cavaliers did not even play well, and they were in the game with a couple minutes left. Yeah. I got a lot of feelings. I have a lot of feelings on the NBA, though. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I. I, I want to kind of go on a soapbox a little bit, but I'm not <laughs> oh, sure. Oh God! Uh, you want to get? You want to get me for two but, minutes? But, um, you got all the time in the world, Mister Fanta. Are you gonna? You have to get a box and step on it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I, I do want to say something about the NBA. Okay. I don't understand the NBA at times. Effort is clearly something that lacks out of some teams. It's true. It does. I mean, I don't know. I'm watching this Raptors Sixers game. What is going on with Philadelphia? You're at home. You have a closeout game. Now Toronto's trying to win too, but since when did this game's now going back to this series is going back to Toronto at three, two. Yeah, that's I dangerous. Mean, that's awfully dangerous by Philadelphia, who I thought was pretty good. I watched them earlier in the series. I thought they were a better. I thought they were three times better than Toronto. So okay, so that's one. That's one. Two. And and again, I I know that it's a long series. First off, the first round series being seven games is way too long. It's mm-hmm. too long. These series are way too. This is the first round of the playoffs. So, and you know why I don't like it that you know why I don't like it that it's seven. Now your argument could be to me it's more basketball, but guys, I watched Milwaukee play Chicago, game two of that series. I thought the Bucks stopped playing. Thought they quit. You know what I thought the Bucks thought? We'll win the series, but we're not going to win the game tonight. So it's it's this is like I don't love that about the NBA. It's it's a problem. I'm watching some of these teams. I know you're more talented than you're playing. The whole Ben Simmons thing too has rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Like, like it's just this is you're getting paid a lot of money. This is professional. What what what, what example are you setting? What world are we living in that you could just decide to not show up for work? I, I've 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 I don't, always, I, I, I've said this about the NBA so many times too, where it's like, you know, Ben Simmons being an example, it's like he got paid and then he wasn't happy. And it's like, well, now you have to trade me. And it's like, if I said that to my job after I got a raise and it's like, eh, I'm not happy here. Trade me to your competitor. They'd be like, buddy, here's your papers. Go find a job somewhere else. It's just, it's an insane fallacy. And then it's like, I'm again, I'm not one to say the whole shut up and dribble because it's like, I obviously disagree with that but it's like no 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 no. nobody's saying saying that nobody's saying that see here's the problem here's the problem like ben simmons right now will probably say you're an idiot who are you to tell me what i should and shouldn't do ben i whatever you want to do is whatever you want to do i'm telling you right now as a basketball fan and as somebody who watches sports and somebody who analyzes sports if you can play brother go out and play team was facing elimination and you elected not to play in the game. Yeah. 
So my, my point in the NBA is I just think at times teams don't play to the level that they're capable of by choice. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that at times. You know, I, I have a problem with that with certain teams. And I've noticed it in the playoffs a, a little bit. Like, I've watched te- the team who puts in more effort ends up winning. But sometimes the team with more talent is the one not putting the effort in. 100%. And that's why I would say, and you guys know more about this than I do. I don't. I don't, admittedly. Um, I don't know how you could truly handicap some of this stuff at times. Because you don't know who's going to show and who's not. Big crapshoot. Big crapshoot. But Vegas always knows the line, though, perfectly. They know which team yeah, is. They do. Yeah. Well, they got one wrong. I think the Sixers were favored by nine tonight. Wow. It got blown off the floor. Huh. Oh, man. By nine. Wow. Yeah, they were favored by nine. I wonder how that ends up in a game six in Toronto's building, which is, I believe the same building they won a championship in three years ago. I'll tell you that game. Toronto's going to win that game. Thanks. So that game series seven is three. Philly. Yeah. And guess who has all the pressure on him? Oh, the, the Sixers had the weight of the world on him in that scenario. Who, which head coach has had trouble in the closeout spot? Doc. But that's okay because Doc's going to be the head coach of the Lakers next year. It's all good. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's all right. one giant story. It's one giant. I'll get off my. Story. I'll get off my fantasy island. Yeah. Rayshon um, Rondo should go play for the Lakers too. <laughs> oh, for a third time. <laughs> third time oh. in a couple of years. Jesus. Yeah. Um, all right, we've we've got the NBA stuff done. John, you had an awesome year at the college level too. Um, I, I mean, I don't know where you want to start from but you got to do a lot of cool stuff you had your first full year of basically normalcy right um and you i think and i'm sure will agrees with me you took a big step forward with fox too, calling some prime time big east games uh providence down in new york everywhere else how cool was this season to just be doing what you love on a, a full-time basis again it was so cool guys and i appreciate you saying that and i'm thankful to my bosses at fox because I do have to agree with you. It was a big step. It was a big step this season to do Big East games and do one to two conference games on FS1 a week this year. And I I couldn't believe it. There were a couple moments inside the Dunkin' Donuts Center, uh, sitting next to Bill Raftery at the XL Center, where I had to pinch myself. I couldn't believe that I was getting to live. It's a dream come true. Uh, because, you know, we talked about it on this podcast about pursuing things and about staying driven. And you don't know when your number's going to get called. I got asked on a Monday morning, I was on my way to the dry cleaners, I think at at 11 a.m. on a Monday in, in February. And I got a text saying, hey, can you be in Hartford tomorrow for UConn and Creighton? Um, 6.30 FS1. And I texted back and said, I'm in. I didn't know who I was working with, what I was doing. 10 minutes later, I'm in the car going to the dry cleaner and Bill Raftery pops up on my phone and I answer. And next thing you know, I, I know I've learned that I'm working with 
the one and only. So dream come true. And classic example of be ready when your number is called. Um, I think you guys know this because you've been watching games and listening. Uh, I, I, I will tell you this on this show. I had somebody say to me, you know, you've, you've really gotten remarkably better uh, as a play-by-play guy. You know, you're, you're measurably better than what you were. And, and I, my response would be, you know, you're always working, and I appreciate that. But my response would be, yes, but there were more opportunities. Right. And you guys know this as broadcasters. Jake, you know this. When you're getting reps and you're in a rhythm, everything else happens easier. And so for me, I didn't change something drastically. I think you just call some bigger games. You have a sold out crowd instead of maybe some of your earlier games. You're not, you don't have that as much. And I just tried to seize the moment. And I mean, the crowd has been, you know, a huge difference maker in a lot of these teams this season, Providence being one of them. I mean, the dunk was the place to, you know, your teams die at the dunk. And it's like the fans came out, you were there for the blizzard and how many fans were there. And people were, I mean, in between your big East stuff, you were doing sideline, like with the fans behind you screaming, Fanta, Fanta. And you were just in the zone, like not even phased by that. But, um, you know, this season, were there any specific moments, obviously, you know, calling a game with Raph has to be one of them in your, you know, oh shit moments, but was there anything else where you're like, wow, I, I'm here doing this and this is, there's nothing better. Well, Providence Marquette in the, the game the day after the blizzard was a wild, 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 wild game to call. St. John's and Pittsburgh, a game that, that you know, both programs, not what they'd like to be at this past season, but Pittsburgh wins the game at the buzzer inside Madison Square Garden. That makes you say, oh, shit, when you're on the TV call. I just call the buzzer beater inside the world's most famous arena. I don't care if it's the Sisters of the Poor playing. I just call, it's Pittsburgh and St. John's. It's two proud programs that are traditional. Like, I just called that a buzzer beater at the garden? You got to be kidding me. Insane. And then capped off, capped off by, by something I will never forget. I, I will uh, never, ever, ever get back on here. I will never, ever, ever, ever forget the fact that I got to call Providence winning their first ever Big East regular season championship and to do it over Creighton, a classy Creighton program, a court storming. We stayed on FS1 for 20 minutes after the game. The majority of the 20 minutes was me laying out and letting that crazy, raucous crowd, which made up the best atmosphere in college troops this past season. They were unbelievable. To do that game is something I'll never forget um, because Providence made history and a proud basketball town had a moment in their city with one of their own, Ed Cooley, leading a program to prominence. It was the ultimate um, just, just answer to all of the rough times that we've had the past couple of years with COVID. It felt like a culminating point that this was in the rearview mirror. College basketball was in all its glory that night in Friartown, and it culminated uh, what had been an amazing 
magical, improbable season for the Providence College Friars. Where do you even, I mean, that was, that must've been incredible. We were at a bar watching this and I think the words out of our mouth was shit. I wonder what Fanta's call is here. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that must've been a plus environment in the dunk all year. Hell, even against Villanova, you were, you were there, uh, you know, in sort of your big East capacity, but you've got boots on the ground. You're in the middle of the crowds and whatnot. Even though Providence lost that game by a decent chunk, I thought the lid was going to blow off that place. That must have been really cool as well. Wild, wild. The students were in the stands two hours before the game. It was. They opened the bars at nine thirty that day, John. Did you know that? <laughs> I have no words. Prior fans, you have my respect in all of its entirety. I, I, I'm. It never ceased to amaze me, those fans. They, they brought their A game every night, and it is the classic case that a home court advantage can be the difference in winning a game. And it's why Providence was 12-1 and in close games this past year. Their fans drove them to wins. Even when they didn't have their A game against DePaul, they were far from their best, still found a way to win. And that was the story all season long. I mean, you were the mayor of Friartown, though. There was a very heavy stretch of time where – if you were in the dunk, that was a win. I guess the mayor, my, my first rule was there were no rules. <laughs> I, I saw some crazy stuff at the dunk this past year. There were no rules, and that's okay. It was, what a season. And I mean, not only on top of your biggest, Big East and FS1 capacity, you were doing a lot of stuff with obviously, um, you know, your crew over at field of 68. And I mean, getting to go to the final four and the championship got some spotlight on barstool with obviously those fellas. I mean, you were doing it all. You were, you were in the content and everyone, I mean, everyone, a lot of people already knew who John Fanta was, but I feel like this year was a big year of you just being like at a lot of primetime big games and people recognized you and was just like, you were all over. Like you were a true face of college basketball the entire well, season. Well, thank you, Will. Thank you, Jake. And I actually was going through this this past this year, uh, this past year in college basketball. So I will show an appreciation to fans. I, I, I didn't prepare these numbers for this podcast, but these are numbers that were given to me. Um, so at the start of the season this past year, I, I had 15,422 Twitter followers. In a span of six months, that grew to 28,700 Twitter followers. Oof. So that's double, basically. Oh, my God. In terms of impressions, in the month of January, 7.6 million Twitter impressions. Oh in, the month of, in the month of February, 10.1 million Twitter impressions. In the month of March, 23.1 million Twitter. Holy shit. And then in the month of April, this month, 13.3 million. To the fans and followers out there, I am very, very lucky and grateful to say thank you. Uh, I, I looked at those figures and I could not believe what my eyes had seen. 23 million 
in March just shows you for the people who don't follow. And in the month of March alone, guys, in the month of March alone, I gained 4,000 Twitter followers. It's insane. It's insane. It's, it's insane. It really is. So, so to your point, like I am, I'm a lucky bastard. I mean, I, I, I just, I don't know how I, what I appreciate is this. I don't have to force anything in my life. You know, I don't have to be somebody that I'm not. Um, I don't have to, um, you know, my Twitter voice isn't who I, like, it's not an act. You guys know this. We talk on this show. We talk at the arenas. Who I am is, is, is who I am. And so uh, what I appreciate is, is that I think, based on those numbers, that people resonate with that and they can relate to me. And I love that because I want to be able to relate to them. And that's what this is all about. That's an excellent uh Excellent mentality. You're a storyteller in the game. And, uh, you know, we, we certainly appreciate it for sure. Um, we want to, you know, we talked about your season. So before we let you go, we got to talk about Jay Wright too. Um, one of the best to ever do it. You get tipped off uh, last week and you were, I, I don't care who broke the news. I always will say that you broke it um, because you, you came right for everyone's kind of beating around the bush. They're like, Jay Wright's considering retiring. And then we've got a John Fanta bomb that says Jay Wright is retiring. I'm told. And that's all. Um, take us through, I mean, your reaction, obviously you probably heard about this. Maybe, maybe you were tipped off or not asking you to give us sources or anything, but um, how much did this shock you when it became public? Well, it still is stunning, even on this Monday night at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, because I can't think of college basketball without Jay Wright. And it's so sudden that you don't have much of a chance to even think about it. Um, because it, it did come down so suddenly. I found out about it, that it was going down last Wednesday, so the day it was happening. At about 5.05 p.m., I got a phone call from a former Villanova player who asked me if I had heard anything about this. And immediately, uh, I, it's a good thing I wasn't driving the car or else I would have driven off the side of the road. So I checked into it with, I think, six, seven, maybe eight different people over the course of the next hour. And, by, and people that I knew wouldn't in competition with me to break the story but people that I knew close that trusted me um, to keep the info close to my best and I could tell you guys this um, I went through a very deliberate process with this story because I knew how big of a I knew how big of a um, of a story that it was um, there's something always happening in college basketball. I just, I don't know. Did I go off video there? Yeah, you're good. Briefly, you're okay. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. As, as fairly Dickinson's SID wants to talk to me because they, <laughs> they, they made a coaching change tonight. Um, yes. So hey, Jordan's it, a good guy though. He's oh, great dude. guy. Great guy. It's just every, right now, every hour, something happens in this sport. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And I call him back. So, um, but 
I went through a really deliberate process on breaking the story. Um, and I will say to you guys that if it were up to me, and it's not up to me, I would have liked for Jay to be able to tell his players that he was retiring before this got out. But it became quite apparent when someone leaks out, uh, and Shams Shireni is as good as a newsbreaker as there is, that you know he's considering. Well, I know I have the facts, and I know he's retiring. Yeah. And so the journalist, newsbreaker, commentator, you name it, for me, did the checklist of do you have enough sources? Well, they say you need two or three. I think I had seven. And, and okay, does it make sense to do it? Well, yeah, because guess what? If I don't, I'm going to get beat and somebody else is going to get it. And um, I don't normally like to, to say it's about being um, first. But on this one, when I knew from the amount of people that this was happening, I knew that I couldn't wait on it. Because mm -hmm. I knew he was retiring. So... I went ahead and broke it, and that's that's what happened. And it was a crazy, crazy, crazy couple of hours, uh, and and it has been a wild couple of days. Um, you know, it's rarely do I get an interview request a week after something happens to talk about something. I just got another one as I'm talking with you guys to talk about Jay Wright a week later. You know, people just they can't stop fathoming the fact that he's not going to be on the Villanova sidelines. He is one of the great coaches of all time. He is a Mount Rushmore figure in the Big East Conference. He's a winner. And uh, his winning ability and culture creating ability is going to be missed. Absolutely. And it's one of those guys where it's like, because it was so sudden, it's still like that kind of like figuring out you know, what's next? What is everything supposed to look like next season? You know, is Jay Wright okay? Like all this stuff where it's like, we already knew Coach K was retiring, had the whole retirement tour, but it was like, everyone had a year to know, okay, these are his last games. Seeing Jay Wright, I think he's only 60, right? He's like, yeah. still a, he's still a young buck. Um, but it's, it's, it's insane. And I think the, the dominoes falling after, I mean, having a guy like Neptune who walked into a, an incredible situation at Fordham and then turned around and won 16 games. Now, you know, making this big jump, but who takes his job and what other dominoes fall? It's uh, it's college basketball never sleeps. Never sleeps. It never ends guys. It's hour by hour, minute by minute. I can't tell you. It, it's, it's crazy. The news breaking cycle right now in this sport is wild, 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 wild. Yeah. wild stuff but it's a joy to be part of it's it's one wild ride especially one the, one guy breaking my news and it's you john that's you're that. the sole source i want to hear from on this stuff but it adds a whole nother layer to with the transfer yeah. portal being as hot as it is i mean over 1400 athletes transferred this this cycle it's like or are trying to transfer at least it's like that's a whole nother it's a trade market it's a buyer's market it is yeah it is a buyer's market. It's, it's, um, it's never ending. Um, you know, the portal and NIL obviously impact things. Um, but like, this is, this is life. This is life in, in our world. And, and you know what, 
NIL should have happened a long time ago. You could talk about how the enforcement of it, it hasn't been great, but are you surprised? But does that mean that it shouldn't happen? No. This is, this is life in college sports. And uh, right now, it is an open market, a wide open market in this sport, both for players um, and, and coaches for that matter. And being able to turn over your roster and in the news breaking world, uh, it, it is one, one crazy fun, fun ride. And, uh, I love, I love this sport. You guys love this sport. Uh, and I appreciate you saying that Jake and, and will about, uh, news breaking. Uh, and, but I, I, I take great, um, I take a great sense of pride in the fact that, that, um, that I was able to break such a, a huge story because Jay is as good as it gets. Yeah. I'll never forget you dragging me into the tunnel with you uh, to film that, that post game thing. And, you know, he tell him I go to Brian, he's asking about all these questions and, you know, he's asking about Jared Grosso and, and, and all that stuff. And, you know, the comment from Jared who, who I exchanged some texts with this week was he's genuinely a good guy. And he always treated me really well. Cause he, Jared uh, grew up around the Hofstra program. So that was really cool to, to see just the evolution of how it all came together. But, um, but John, um, it's awesome to see how much, you know, you're kind of rising up on the national college. You are college basketball. Like you're yeah, no question. No, no or question. The face that people see in our demographic and go that guy, he's college basketball. Um, so that's really cool. Tell us what you've got planned for the summer. I know you're down at the Big East uh, Golf Championship right now. That must have been really fun. I'm sad you didn't get to, to maybe even just like a par three. I mean, they couldn't let you hop in. Like the DePaul Monday Red guys couldn't let you at least play a hole. Disgusted with that. Um, what else you have going on next couple of weeks and uh, and over the summer? Yeah, so uh, I am doing some lacrosse uh, on FS1 Friday night. Actually, some women's lacs. UConn at Georgetown. Next week, I'm back at Georgetown for the men's lacrosse championship in the Big East. Georgetown men are ranked second in the country. I'm just doing some digital coverage from that. So uh, it'll be interesting to, to get my lack shoes on here over the next. I was going to say, I'm, I'm very proud of you. And you're going to see Graham Bundy Jr., who has the best name in lacrosse on Georgetown. And you better, you better give him some love. He's a good I will freaking get, player, uh, man. I'm looking forward to doing some laps. Uh, I have some college softball in mid-May. My One of my favorite weekends of the year, Big East Baseball Tournament, is uh, Memorial Day weekend down in Cincinnati. It is a wild conference tournament with a ton of runs and just back and forth games that go late, late, late into the night. And, uh, and then I will uh, hopefully, well, not hopefully, I, I have some NBA combine stuff in Chicago as well in mid-May uh, for, for NBA.com, which I'm really excited to add that to, to my uh, uh, my portfolio here this spring and do some stuff from the NBA Combine for NBA Broadcasting. Love working with the association. Um, so that's, that's my May. And um, June, July, we'll see. Uh, I don't mind going down the Jersey Shore and taking a little bit of a breather. But uh, I'll have some off-season things and summer stuff, and who knows what might happen. Uh, in our industry, things pop up all the time. But, uh, no, you know, I'm not on the minor league baseball train. I give a lot of the guys out there credit who do it. 
because it's a real grind. But uh, I'm looking forward to enjoying some of the summer and getting down to Jersey Shore and enjoying a slice. There we go. John Fanta, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we appreciate it. We know you got some news to break and a lot of people to talk to. So thank you for always coming on our podcast. You truly are Hall of Fame and more than a friend of the program. So thank you as always, Fanta. Well, thank you guys, Will and Jake. What Triple B's become is really special. And I'm humbled to be a part of it. I appreciate the fact that you guys have me on and that you want me to come on uh, because what you guys have built is really cool. Not every podcast is genuine and has this original flavor to it. And every time I talk with you guys, I feel that. So uh, credit to you guys. Congratulations on another anniversary year. And let's run it back sometime soon. Absolutely. Run it back, man. And hopefully we can do it in person and have some Sam, Adam, Sam Adams Wicked Hazy IPAs together. Let's and we it. can we collectively run after your record from a couple of years uh, back. So, <laughs> oh, when when you are in Cincinnati for the baseball tournament, you should stop by the Sam Adams Tap Room. Yeah, you that should. is a very good, very good spot. And uh, we'll we'll send you the craft beer recommendations there. We just just spent, uh, honestly watch our podcast from the <laughs> yeah. last couple of weeks, and you'll figure out all the places to go in Cincinnati. So there you all go. All right, I'm gonna do just that. Awesome. Thanks as always, Fanta. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. And that was just John Fanta that recaps our second anniversary episode. Um, two stand-up citizens of the game, and we're very happy to have them in our is it the BBB Hall of Fame or the House Enterprise Hall of Fame or House Enterprise Hall of Fame? It's the House Enterprise Hall of Fame. Uh, let it be known. The record shows that Dave Silverman and John Fanta are the first two in history in the House Hall of Fame. Uh, can't thank them for uh, enough for everything that they've done over the years. Um, before we close out, I do want to resurrect an old segment really quickly in Positivity Corner. Um, unfortunately, the, these really suck, and it's tough to do to spin it positively. I'll have my blog out uh, by the time this airs, but I uh, want to give a shout-out to Charlie Capalbo and his family. Um, Charlie was 23 years old. He was a hockey goalie for the Fairfield Co-op team uh, back in the day. Uh, went through four aggressive battles with cancer, and uh, fortunately, he uh, passed away on Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, the, the I, I tried to finish this blog. I'm not there yet. I will get there tonight. Um, but I keep coming back to Tony Rialli when Kobe Bryant died, and he said, you know, how do you move forward when you don't physically know somebody and you haven't met them, but, you know, they, they die um and it's it goes to show how monumental your life can be um you know he this kid had hundreds of people lining up outside his house to receive him when he came back for boston children's um all his instagram posts you should go look at him his instagram still active uh, very much about getting his team ready to fight um Never just about him. Always understood that it was, uh, you know, about motivating other people and the mark that he'd leave on the world. So, um, guy like Charlie Capalbo is some someone everybody needed in their life. You know, I, I was certainly blessed to have at least known him through social media, exchange a few messages here and there. I've got my Capalbo shirt uh, in the in the closet. I will be repping that this week. Uh, so, thoughts and prayers to the family, of course. A lot of love uh, back home to Fairfield, Connecticut today. So, yeah. something you Always. never want to. You really never want it to come to this. You know, I genuinely believed he was going to get through his fourth battle, but, you know, it was just too much. And 
and uh yeah all you can do is all you can do is pray and uh, keep the family and their thoughts there so yeah so that's a wrap it's always sad it's it's uh it's loss is sad cancer sucks but um it kind of ties in which i guess you can spin as the positivity but um we were a part of sigma chi bryant university and they're you know doing their derby derby days week uh cancer founded cancer fundraiser right now uh goals for 100k and you know it's it's always sad to talk about loss especially someone at a young age but hopefully one day we can be the generation to end cancer. So, um, you know, you just got to stay positive and hope one day we can beat this disease, but it's always, it's always a, a sad stuff. Yeah. Keep up with Brian Sigma Chi on Instagram folks as well. Uh, good folks over there doing a lot for cancer research this week and beyond too. That's a wrap. Um, thank you everybody for two years of support and love. Can't wait to, uh, to continue this ride and see where it takes us. That's Will, and I'm Jake. So long, everybody. Take it easy.